0: Behavior, yo, or should we kick- Do oh. I get to Say that today. Yeah,
1: say it. Yeah. <laughs> say it. <laughs> yo, all right. I Welcome. Brian kicked it. Uh, we are here today with Brian, Josh, and Sammy. Yes, but we're not talking about a rev record today, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about a something that is rev adjacent. adjacent? Yeah, so. <laughs> tour, if you will. Yeah, a little bit of a detour. Jason. Yo. uh, You weren't here last week for me to ask you to kick it and tell everybody what we're talking about today. So today, I'm happy that I get to ask you, what are we talking about?
2: Can you sample in, like, Eddie, like, kick it like that. Kick Kick it like that. (laughs) You know, like, right? I'm just coming up with ideas for you. you Next episode. Let's edit that in or something. Josh, I mean, Brian can figure it out. He's a wizard. Today,
3: today we're talking forgive... Forget, forgive and forget.
4: Forgive, forget.
2: Forget
3: it. Forgive, forget. Leave with what you came for. Three songs, seven inch is probably gonna be out when this episode airs. But pre-orders, uh, the- I think, will
0: be up.
5: Yeah. yeah so, but
0: he's got he's got them. I've seen a picture. They exist. Okay. But let me kick it. Brian. Yo, how did this band form? Well, so when You know, right around the threefold misery era. Well, the what? The what? (laughs) Of my uh, recording career, Josh English uh, called me to book time with his band Six Going On Seven. And they came in to record a seven inch, and we became fast friends. I became fairly obsessed with his bass playing and songwriting. And even though I was doing Milltown and he was doing Six Going On Seven, we always talked about one day doing music together. And, um, and then I would say, I think Josh, right. We ended up moving in together. We lived in yeah. a group house. Um, it was, a, I mean, Boston at that time was just an exciting place to be making music. There was like, I was doing Milltown, Josh was doing six going on seven. We lived with Jake Brennan from cast iron hike, who also now does disgrace lamb podcast. Which is
1: I love that seems podcast. Like it's i taken
0: over the world. Love that
2: podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and yeah. Matt Squad Matt Squire bit, was in uh
0: Milltown. Milltown yep.
2: as well, who went on to produce mm-hmm. a lot of music. And I agree. It was sort of, I feel like there was definitely something going on. Um, you know, it was what pre-Kaven, right? Definitely. No, no,
0: it was like, like right. It was like right, like I I think I recorded Kaven the first time, like probably the same month that I recorded uh six going on seven for the first time funny thing about the cave-in was they were so young steve Brodsky's mom called me to make sure it was a safe neighborhood and then (laughs) waited at the ihop while we
5: recorded (laughs) wow wasn't it like there was the story in their cd talking about the recording and he said like if you it was like if you let out my cats i'll smash your dads or something do you remember that? it may have happened. I wouldn't put I that past <laughs> <to> me. <laughs> but I do think, like, you know,
2: we, we were doing some records at the time, and we had signed seven, and that's how we, you know, we met Josh and those guys. And we were trying to sign Milltown, and there was just a scene, there was a sound happening, you know, and I guess, you know, obviously different uh, parts of the world and the U.S. have different sounds. But Boston, at that time, with that kind of music, it just had this real, like, honest, pure thing that, I don't know. You definitely you weren't hearing it in New York, and you weren't hearing it elsewhere. It just had a, had like a thing. I mean, six point seven like kind of had like these police elements a little bit, and Milltown was just yeah. just cool. Like it was a, a rock band, but it just sounded so refreshing. And so I don't know. I just think I, however, that session came about with the three of us. We sort of tapped into that sound. Yeah, I mean, not really consciously. Well, that, it just it, it kind of happened.
0: The cool thing for me was that I mean, I grew up on like a real steady diet of the cure and discord records. And Josh was like, in all of my recording was like the first time somebody came into the studio was like a fucking sick bass player like that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, like all the DC bands, like soul side, beef eater, Fugazi, like had just these killer, killer bass playing. And that just wasn't, you didn't come across a lot of people like that. So I just always thought, like, man, if you kind of took my style on guitar and Josh's songwriting, bass playing, and, you know, Sam's drumming, that shit could be.
2: And and for people who don't know, too, and Josh, you could, you know, elaborate on it, too. But my take is that, like, I mean, Josh plays bass and sings, for starters, which is totally cool. He's got this really kick-ass, like, kind of wiry but very soulful sound. If I'm not mistaken, the first tattoo you ever got was on your neck and your second one was on your hand. <laughs> no, and you're just, just that's other like way around. a Walter
4: Trifle story, but no. Okay, shit. <laughs> well, let's
2: just go with that.
5: He's yeah, a good with that.
4: It's good for bullet points if if wildly inaccurate. But uh So
5: you guys were a power power trio then. Yeah. And it know, was a
4: cut, circling back to what like both Sam and Brian said, I think Boston at the time, I talked about this semi-recently but it, it's it's relevant in that like cave-in milltown six nine seven there were, there were a million other bands that i'm Converge,
0: Bane. In. i mean
4: I'm yeah, all that, well all of those right. bands i think that there's a, a big you know the continuity was more like the eclectic and sort of um connection scene wise in that a lot of those bands would play on bills that today would seem like to would, wouldn't it wouldn't mesh and I don't think that it happened with any sense of, like, uh, conscious effort. It just sort of these were all people that knew each other, that had degrees of separation, enjoyed each other's music, and it was no weird thing to be on a bill with Milltown or Cast Iron Hike or Converge or, you know, any combination of those. And then we've got the Sammy element, which is doing the same thing and all these New York bands and then California later. And we just all kind of, like, we we all, I felt like, in a in a real sort of uh, organic way appreciated the respective elements and we knew whatever like the soup was going to be it was going to be good.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what got, year was that? What, what it was year it, it was 98 98. Okay. 98. So 98. so the thing guys that was weird is and when I don't know um Hob, Greg and Jason how much you know but like I was in this band Milltown um right around that like R- r- like 96, 97 and we we kind of like, it was with Jonah from Only Living Witness sang and Matt Squire who was in Ashes with me and w- it's now a multi-platinum producer of, you know, lots of shit. It, we started this band after like five shows we kind of got sw- sw- swallowed up by the whole major label um thing, mm-hmm. you know, like Jason Flom and all these all these labels flying in and flying us all over and and the thing is that unlike some of the other major label stories you've had on the podcast we didn't make it even through the record making process like it was just a combustible situation we went in with a bad producer and the band just kind of fell apart and so then all of a sudden i'm in this spot where like milltown's broken up i'm living with josh and we started like tossing around some ideas about like writing some songs and and we sent some stuff to Sam and what I loved was I think we sent Sam like five or six songs and he identified one he really liked and wanted to write more which was awesome because I mean writing songs rules mm-hmm. so so
4: is that right Josh I think I think that's right I remember writing that tune with
0: you on the couch if yeah that right what well the, of- the the thing the thing that was so exciting like when when i was living with josh was josh was from the west coast so he was bringing all this like i always knew love seaweed and stuff but i don't know how familiar you guys are with like heat miser and skip loader and um and pond like Mm -hmm. all these northwest bands and i love
5: smith right that was elliot yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah, like josh hit me to elliot smith like early you know, like I, we went and saw him at the Middle East upstairs and like it wasn't sold out, you know, and it was it was awesome. But I, the first song we wrote, well, Josh, what's the title? Ty- is that Good With Words? Good With Words, I think. Yeah. I think OK. Is that No, no, no. It's the it's the. um The ballad one. Uh, no, it's not. It's the other
2: one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that was definitely like me like and josh sitting around on the big couch with like cats climbing all over us like listening to like all that northwest stuff and me being like wow this is so cool and definitely like trying to go in that direction i got
5: um, i got heavy seaweed vibes from that song oh, actually it reminded me big, of something from uh span away
4: t- yeah it's, it's totally funny. i i uh you know growing up in portland my first uh my first like foray into you know, that sort of music or punk music or whatever was my PE partner in my freshman year in high school was Jerry A's little brother. So Poison Idea was like my first.
5: Oh, that's so rad.
4: And then like Seaweed and all those things, they would do these like sub pop ultra lame fests all over the Northwest. And they'd have like Afghan wigs, Seaweed, Love Battery, Pond, kind of like whoever they signed. So I saw a lot of those bands. Of course, I loved Seaweed in that mix, but I was also mm-hmm. a big fan of uh, um, you know, and, and that's like maybe Week era or even earlier. Uh, yeah, like Week. Week I think was the first sub-pop record and then maybe four after that. But somewhere- yeah, Well, I think like, Despise was on sub-pop too, that might yeah, like- yeah, anyway, on those tours. And, and I would see them, I don't even think I owned anything by them, but I would see them live a lot. And then also copy Afghan Wigs really early as a result of that. And, um, and then like Brian mentioned, Heatmiser, um, I liked that band a lot. You know, just as a live band, they were a great, they were a great band. And I, Elliot Smith is uh, is about four and a half years older than me, but went to my high school. So when I was, Whoa. A, when I was a freshman, Crazy. when I was a freshman, I was like super getting into like I was skating already, but I was really getting into punk and like real dismissive of everything that wasn't you know punk because you discover something, you latch onto it, and everything else sucks. And he played in this prog rock band at the time (laughs) called uh, I think they were called Stranger Than Fiction. Um, Anyway, and he had a Pink Paisley guitar and he didn't sing. He was the guitar player and they played in our cafeteria. And I was like, this is the worst shit I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) And then (laughs) and and it was it was not to my liking to this day, but Tony Lash. I think was the drummer who's the drummer of Heat Miser. And later yeah. on, only a few short years later that they were doing Heat Miser and playing out because he was a senior when I was a freshman, went away to college, came back, and that's when Heat Miser started.
0: Anyway, Tony Lash is a brilliant producer too. Big He's- you hit me to him and he was a huge inspiration for me as a as a producer. Well,
5: so yeah, so did uh Josh, did you get to see wipers at all? Like because I know they didn't they start playing again in the late eighties or early 90s so greg sage
4: the wipers and that stuff i
5: i the first the only
4: the only thing i ever like prior to Hydrahead, some all that sort of stuff the only thing that i ever had that was supposed to be put out was this label called tim kerr in portland and right before i left portland i i recorded a uh 45 with slayer hippie the drummer from uh, poison idea and uh that was on the same label that the wipers reissues were on so i saw them one time on one of those like fat like combo label things but you know not as much as i I had to ask yeah yeah that's my only connection and then i saw the vinyl that they did in in the record store so
2: i what i do like about forget forget about the what what we made is uh know just thinking about the creative process a lot these days and it's kind of cool when things happen quickly we all obviously had done our homework in the past and been into music for a long long time but it was just cool how we just sort of met you know and it was like what two days total or something and we yeah i think
0: yeah and we were at the time my studio was it was kind of crazy it was in the house of the guitar player for billy joel on the beach in gloucester massachusetts
2: I remember that and be like, what the the guy, yeah,
0: that was insane. So like my studio, um, that I had before that flooded. And then our tech was like, Hey, there's this amazing space. That's just empty. And we moved up there and Josh, that's where we made heartbreaks got backbeat. um, Yes. That was a great studio. It was like
4: that weird side entrance.
0: Yeah. It was a great spot. And, um, and it was just like, yeah, we, we just went up there and we, 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 Jammed on, which was the, the best song that Josh and I had already kind of worked on. But then we just wrote two songs entirely, kind of jammed on them, recorded it, and then that was it. And mm-hmm. I mean, the crazy thing now, like as I was like thinking about doing this podcast today, is little did I know that that would be like the last time I would make kind of music of my own for 20 years.
2: That's crazy.
0: Right.
5: Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Cause what, that's I, that's what I was going to ask. Like, I, I didn't know this project existed until we talked to you guys. Uh, be well, um, I guess. Right before these songs went online, you were like, yeah. Yeah, did you know that I did a project with Sammy?" And we were like, "What?" And that so because Sammy at that point, Siv I guess was dormant.
2: I was doing no. Siv was happening. It was like '98. We were just about to. I think we kind of Put broke out up in. Yeah, second record maybe right? came out around then. But um, I think
0: that you played us the second record in yeah. the apartment up there.
2: It, it could have been that, that, I
0: remember you playing us. It could be that you were up for some other reason, but I remember Sam playing us that second Civ record. And I was super interested to hear it because my dream in life had always been to record with Mike Barbiero and Steve Thompson.
2: Yes. And I think 98, 99 for me, I mean, that was Civ winding down. That was rival schools starting to wind up, and that was also playing with Glassjaw, and it was right. just a crazy fuck. And there was a Youth Today reunion, I think, in there. It was just a crazy time, but it was just a fun music. Was all I'm mean, thinking about, like the Warp tour, and like playing with like, you know, these pop punk bands, but then also like Smile and Deftones coming up, and all this shit. It was just like such a melting pot of uh, of music, you know. Um, there's just a lot. It was kind of wide open for better or for worse. Um, yeah. So it was, and we were doing some records, which was fun because we were started to like dig into like we, what could we put out? What's cool? What's good? You know, what's weird? What's different? And we, you know, did Eric Mingus, and we did some Eric Type Eleven and Cisco and Seven, and was looking at Milltown and, and trying to get it, and it was like hot shit very quickly. And you um, get hot
5: water music. You got the one. Hot, we did, we
2: did. Project. I mean, we did that. We did some cool things to celebrate for sure. But it was just Dude. looking back, it was just a real like, I guess, just deep in music. I mean, deeper than yeah. normal you know, like, you know, Well, the cool cool
0: thing to, the cool thing for me too, was like, Josh, Josh. Uh, I, I mean, I felt, feel really like these were real formative years for me. And like, even just moving into the apartment we were living in, like living with Josh and Jake and all, and, and our other people who were like so talented, Josh was like, I feel like I learned so much about songwriting and approaching songwriting because I'd never really been around someone that was like always writing, always crafting. He always had his notebook, he's writing down lines. And yeah. I, I mean, I it just, I learned so much from that. Like, I feel like even just like, so we're doing this stuff. I, within two months of us recording this project, um, Milltown had just broken up. The <laughs> battery broke up. And then my studio partners would, I don't want to get too deep into this, but we had kind of an, uh, a, a pretty bad falling out. And I had gone from being on a major label and batteries blowing up and the studio's rocking to like putting my tail between my legs, moving back to DC, starting over in the basement and yeah. kind of having to reinvent myself. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that. You know that this never i mean we loved playing together and i think that's like you know just so much was happening and and then all of a sudden you know in the blink of an eye i was doing record after record after record after record and before i knew it i was so far removed from like playing my own stuff you know we yep. just never got back into it
2: yeah i, mean, I was just psyched that it, i kind of had there's a couple projects where i'm like man i really just wish this came out I wish it came out I did a reggae band called 32 Tribes. We never put anything out. We have all these demos. I really wish we put something out. I did a song with Mark Ryan that's really cool. It never came out. And this was one of those things where, like, I'm walk, I'll walk down the street throughout my life, the past 20, 30 years, and I go, you know, singing like it's in my Sim, fucking you, head. You know, what's so fu-
0: you know what's No, that's that's exactly okay. how it goes. One of my favorite highlights of this thing was we're in the room jamming on that. I'm like, I kind of have the, we're like working out the details. And then I'm like, I want to have a drum solo before the bridge.
2: Oh, shit. That's right. You know how
0: it's like, bam, bam, Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just remember being like, let's do a drum solo. Like, that's not a thing you do, right? But we did it.
2: I mean, these
0: were our college years, right, guys?
2: And you know what's cool is that what 617 really had, you guys had dialed in. What I liked about this is that there was a lot of space. It was just the three of us. And so musically, like I'm doing a lot of shit on the toms within the beats that are kind of, you know, more than I would normally do or something Um, because there's space. It's got like, it's just the three of us. And I I liked that. You know, it's. uh, You know
0: what's kind of trippy to think about now when I listen to this is that we got together in a weekend. Wrote this stuff, recorded it live, just overlaid a second guitar, yeah, and no Pro Tools, no click, no, and none of the shit now that like you know, and it fucking came out pretty goddamn. So good. what was it I'm to right tape
2: on. or was it? Yeah, a it was a of a two a inch deck. tape. Two inch, shape. no, it's two, in, it two a inch tape. Okay,
0: yeah, and then but then, then we never even mixed it. That's just the rough mix. That's Is cool. It? <laughs> it's cool. And amazing. I tried to find I tried to find the tapes, but. I mean, I don't know that I have so many tapes and I don't know that I ever labeled it. And then I don't have a tape machine to like- Listen. Yeah. To find it anymore. You know what I mean? So- I I think, you know,
4: certainly what Brian had said earlier too about, you know, learning stuff. I mean, with Sam and Brian both, specifically when I was living with Brian and everything, we were always turning each other on to stuff, which was great. Like, oh, check this out. Have you heard these guys? And so the excitement, the genuine excitement of like listening to this band that I, you know, maybe know the sister band or brother band of, but not this band and then going down that rabbit hole. And then Sam was great for that as well in a whole different scene. And also, I just feel, feel like collectively we all have a lot of musical knowledge and putting that together. I know people say things a lot like, you know, all the chemistry was great with these people or, you know, this, you know, but this legitimately might've been the easiest
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) three
4: three solid songs that I've made, you know, without knowing what it was going to be. Cause these sort of scenarios are always like, you know, they always look good on paper. Sometimes they're just like torture when you get in, you just don't, you know, you, you love the people, but there's no chemistry and you just button, you know, putting your head against the wall, trying to kind of fight for, What you want, you know, do I want to die on that hill? No, I'll let that go, whatever. But these just came together. And what I like about it is whether this is it or whether we do something else, you know, the it's it was so easy. I know it's just Mm -hmm. it was like legitimate chemistry. So that excites me. You know, it's nice that it's coming because it feels like it. uh...
0: And what was fun was Josh and I were living together. And then, I mean, I don't know if I've ever said this to Josh, but like the six going on seven heartbreaks got backbeat record. That was like, that was the first record I ever did that I feel like, that was the first time, right, that like I went to the rehearsal space with you and we really worked, like we were so kind of locked in creatively and it was so fun to create something together and then to be able to play with Sam, you know, I mean like I, you know, obviously grew up on Sam Siegler's drumming, so it was so cool to like play together because we just locked it was like i had spent so much of my life listening to him play drums and it was such a big influence on how i the feel i like to hear when i play it felt like we had been playing together our whole lives
2: Mm -hmm. yeah clicked
0: it was fun it was wild and then the funny thing about these songs is so many people over the years like oh somebody burned this for me or somebody emailed this <laughs> they've just kind of floated around and like it was it was it was it's i like it's exciting, how quickly
2: how quickly it even came together now with just like the artwork for the seven inch or what are we going to call the project or what are the songs going to be called and it was just all the all of our communication has been just very like yeah that works yes so quick, it had no quick. name
5: back then like That's until, was recently asked, yeah. right no, no I think sure.
2: the dot, the,
0: the, dot just says Josh, Sam, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. And then the seven inch thing it was funny how it all came about because, um, our friend Indy originally reached out about putting it out and then he was not able to do it anymore, but he had already like ordered the test pressing and a bunch of stuff like that. And then he reached out to Adam from GGT, who's been awesome to deal with. And all of a sudden, it's like now someone else is.
2: So when is it really it, coming out? I keep um, getting tagged in wait, things wait. like it, it's coming. Uh, when is uh? So the pre order is
0: is next week. So I think the pre order is next week. I believe when this goes up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So because where is, it went is, is like you know the taste maker. You know you plan your like pre order <laughs> around. Yes. Exactly. Lo- yes. <laughs> no, I think the I do think
5: actually, Could be. I, when this goes up, I believe the pre-orders will start. But, uh, I wanted to but, ask I, was, was you: the coin toss records? Is that am I thinking he, of the same? Yes. Record? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I always knew him because he was the tour manager from the movie Life. Oh, nice. Ah. And then and then it's so funny actually how all of this ties in because. Very soon after we did this, forget, forget. I moved to DC like within a few weeks or months, and then Jason, we very soon after made um, we made one ten, yeah, right. Dude, and I, si- what's up?
3: I was gonna say I'm pretty sure you burned me a CD of the six going on seven, and said you should listen to this shit. You're gonna love it. Yeah, if you it. didn't, Garth,
0: get Garth did. Well, so we did that, and then Sam, you came down to that house, and we did some rival schools demos, and then, um, and that's in that house where I moved right after we did this. Is where we I did rival schools movie.
2: demos in your, in the house for the what the first record or something? Early. Yeah, on,
0: you, Walter, and Cash came down just yeah. for a weekend. And um, I still have that.
2: Stuff. Yes, 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 yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then, um, and that's the house where
0: I recorded, which will come up on this uh, podcast soon, the movie life this time next year. Oh, and also- I can't wait for
2: that. And we did some Nightmare Review demos in there too with you, right? No, that was in
0: Beltsville. That was in the next spot. Different that spot. was in the next spot. Yeah.
5: So, so Brian- um,
0: Yeah.
5: I forget if I've asked you this before, but you mentioned count me out 110. Put me on the spot. 110 or permanent? What's the better record? Settle the well, debate n- for people. I,
0: I, okay. The, what I would say is I would never be able to answer that because they're both timeless, hardcore masterpieces. Don't be a fence walker. Just Thank tell you. us your favorite. That's, <laughs> that's,
2: that's,
0: that's, that's not walking the fence. That's being... <laughs> oh, I like them for very different reasons. I like 110 because Jason... Uh, because... We had a lot of fun doing that we record. And, yeah, it's true. and I I liked 110 because it was just this insanely massive progression and step forward. I like One Ten because I stood up to the homies in the neighborhood and got my <laughs> got my got my lawnmower back after it had been stolen. We did and uh-huh. earned the we had to raise up. Earn the respect of the drug dealers down the street. That's right. And then <laughs> I love permanent because Jason, <laughs> I'm not joking, he was on fire in the vocal booth. And I maybe, this may be folklore, but I have a memory of just being like, you sound so fucking good. Let's just keep going. Don't even
5: come in. What and is the band? What band was
2: this? this count, is me count me out. Me out.
5: Okay. Count me out. Very cool. And Jason is, is the one to go for. Okay. I, Thank you. Like well, one of the rare times we agree. So, permanent Jason,
0: I, I, I'm, I'm, this may not be true. I just have a feeling he pretty much, I just kept him in the booth because he sounded fucking great and didn't even let him come in and listen to it and just let's go, let's go, let's go. And the other funny thing about 110 that ties in with this podcast is. Jason was always, they had all the feedback planned out, like exactly how they wanted the feedback. And so every time Jason asked some guest on the podcast, (laughs) You guys have the feedback planned out, and they're like, "No, you're yeah, fucking plan the feedback." <laughs> 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 he said that multiple times. Yo, I love feedback. I get, I get, I get so stoked every time you ask that. gets Vic, like, Vic the car is like, "What do you mean, plan the feedback?" Yes, exactly. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: anyway, oh, those are so. I'm not going to pick between masterpieces. Okay,
2: Josh, what was the second Six One Seven album called?
0: That was heartbreak got backbeat.
2: Okay, what's the first one called?
0: Self made mess.
2: That one is fucking. I mean, they're both really good, but self made mess is pretty special too.
0: So self made mess we recorded in the basement of Dave the Snake Sabo from Skid Row's house.
2: Oh, that rules! Yes. So I've been there. I've I've snaked. <laughs> you
0: know. And and uh, and it was a what we were fir- we were first right, Josh. The first couple nights we were staying with Matt Pincus, and he was driving us back and forth to New Jersey. Is that right? I, so, I don't.
4: I don't remember. You might be right. I just know eventually we I stayed slept, at I slept in the sleeping bag in the control room, like under right. the
0: board. It was like eliminated. Evan Dando style. Yeah. <laughs> I we yeah. all slept there eventually, right?
2: Are those yeah. records yeah, available we, we, for, for any listening, streaming or anything? That that shit should be available, man. Six go and seven. There's a guy I, that I was don't put out those uh, put out both of those things potentially, but we'll see. That's okay. It. So you want to know a but, lot
5: of the some stuff is is not. Up there, like walking concert. I noticed you came We're trying to we're trying to it. turn it into
2: like a chunking consecutive kind of vibe. Just keep it totally
5: <laughs> so with some
2: records, it was you, Matt,
5: and Walter, or just you and Matt? It was an Empire. And Walter.
2: Uh yeah, know, it, it was, was Walter and Matt and myself, and then Craig Yaskowitz, our, our friend, joined up and Craig, you know, ended up kind of running it more like day-to-day. You know, Walter and I were touring a lot, and Matt was there, and then he went back to school for a little bit, went to Columbia. Um, but yeah, I mean when we, it was originally the three of us and the four of us, and um so uh it was a fun time. I mean, yeah, it was just kind of wide open. There was a lot of music around, but we were trying to steer I guess we were sort of steering away from a lot of the post punk stuff that was happening. I mean, I we sort of joke about it, but it's not a funny joke. But we, you know, passed on, I think like take take it back Sunday and we passed on <laughs> fucking Yeah, Porcel told that we passed story, on I Glass show. We passed I on know that I, like you know, we just weren't into post hardcore at the, the mentally. We were just in a different place. Um,
0: But you guys signed some great bands, man. I mean, you did that Hot Water Music. Yeah, uh, that was a cool Six record. Six on Seven, the Exit, right? Dude. Yeah, the, yeah.
2: Exit were awesome. The Ghost. Uh There was a band called Woe. I mean, it was instrumental. It was pretty out there. They are from England. It was really fucking cool. Um yeah. You put out the Beyond no okay, Earl Which one? Yeah. No longer yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally.
0: Oh, that record is.
2: It was also just at a time too where like CDs were still around. So it was just very expensive to operate. Like we were making all this physical product. We're making CDs. We're making vinyl. We're making postcards. We're making posters, all this shit. And then very quickly that all kind of went away and the digital, you know, I guess Napster kind of popped up and all that.
5: Yeah. Cause I'm looking at the years on Discogs and it was like late nineties into the early two thousands. Yeah. We did a rival school
2: split with Jonah Matranga, rival schools united by one line drawing.
5: Uh, It was fun
1: in a way. Which, uh, uh, in a featured, way it was really cool. Yeah. Featured, uh, Reed Black, who went on to be an Into Another and Jim, Jim, in a way, the same. Jim Schwartz. Yeah. I grew up with Jim. Uh, he also is a coffee roaster now. Shinfold. He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: They were fucking deep man. they were yeah. it was just a lot <laughs> of Great good guys. music. So, you know, one of um, these days we'll, uh, we'll reissue that in some sort. Of
0: you way. really got to get that six going on seven stuff out there. You guys, fun fact is that I, uh, but there, I don't know if there are a lot of thrice fans on this podcast, but if, their sound man to this day still tunes the PA before every show with six going on seven heartbreaks got back. Beat.
2: That's cool. It's That's so,
0: nice. so I'll, they'll shoot, they'll send me videos of like him doing it from these big arenas and these festivals. And it's just, uh, it's cool, man. It's so cool.
5: Speaking of thrice, I saw that today was like the 18 year anniversary, Brian, of the, uh, the, the artist, artist in the, the ambulance. ambulance. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. that that makes me what like 32 now where yeah. I'm still, I'm still young. When I see these anniversaries, I'm like, Oh my
2: God. I'm right. I'm getting old, man. Jeez I man. know. I go back and forth of like, do we celebrate or do we not? Like, should we you know, like 40th anniversary tour? It's like, nah, maybe not. The, f- the funny <laughs> thing
0: about all, like all of this is how like cool hardcore is and how everything's still connected. It's like so funny. Cause it's like, uh, Sam and I are working on something new together that will get av- announced at some point soon. Mm-hmm. I, Sam had put out the hot water record and I just finished a hot new hot water record. Like, Oh, nice. I, I, it's just, it's just like, you know, it's so awesome to be like reconnected with Josh and yeah. we've to- even tossed around the idea of maybe even doing new songs for this project,
5: which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was going to be my question. If you guys would, would throw together a couple more songs,
2: we're going to make an NFT we're working on right now.
5: Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're working on an NFT. We're going to make a one-song,
0: one-sided 12-inch with 37 variants.
2: Mm-hmm. And you then we're going to make 10, 10 oh. of each.
0: No, I, I think we'll it would be cool. I mean, like, I mean, I just, I, I, I love to write music and collaborate with people. I can't quite imagine two people I'd rather do that with than these guys, whether time and location allows that to be it's, you know, I guess what remains to be seen, but it would be awesome. And it's also pretty exciting to have this be in the world, you know? Yeah. And I finally got to be on the, where it went podcast. Is this your yes, first time? The first of many. Dude. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> the, but, first but, time, the first official time, Sammy. actually fun fact for what's up, coming up ahead is um, at the studio where we recorded this, the Gloucester Salad Days location. That's um, that we did the Judas Factor record there. That's coming down the pike, right?
5: Yeah, a little um,
0: different.
5: At the rate I, we're I, going, oh, 20, dude, you did uh,
3: you did the difference between. At
0: Longfellow, right? I did the, uh, I can't remember, no. Not at Longfellow, no. Okay, okay. But I think that, anyway, there there was a bunch of Rev stuff that was done at that Gloucester spot before I moved.
5: We might need to give Um, you, like we might have you hop on as a surprise on some of those. Listen, hey, Sam, while we have these guys here, I got a pretty
0: serious beef with this podcast that Don Fury has not been on here yet.
5: Oh. oh yeah, th- whose fault is that? I reached out to Don Fury. Yep. Last year, and he said, "Yeah, in the new year." And then I reached out again; haven't heard back. So I Don love Fury. Don,
2: and shout out to Don. I think he would have a hard time with the Zoom. I just feel like he's not. <laughs> uh, he's he's dialed into Facebook. I was texting with him the other day. He's like, "Man, I'm locked out of my Facebook." He's like, "Uh, something, something." I was like, "I was like, you need to embrace Instagram, dude. It's time. You know, like I think you know the world is ready for Don Fury on Instagram, but." But whatever you got to do to get him on, you should because he's he's. he's I mean, how? He's I, what name? What name comes
0: up more than Don Fury? I mean, yeah. Like if there hadn't been Don Fury, like I mean, I definitely wouldn't be recording records. You should go
2: if you know any of you guys I mean? are up his way at all. Like, go to he lives in Troy. Like, just go and kick it with him, man. It's um, kick it like that. Kick it like that.
0: Kick it. Hey, like Javier. I Javier, I because we just talked about thrice, and I loved when you guys talked about for the record Mm, right yeah Yeah. so i'm not so fun of what the only time i went to for the record was when i was doing pre-production for the thrice the artist in the ambulance and the tepe from thrice did some demos with avenge sevenfold for the record and i went went by when they were recording yeah Some, some socal
5: that was a oh, crazy time geez,
0: too. The early yeah, that 2000s. what a
1: what a sentence you just said. Yeah, like
0: <laughs> in orange,
1: helping with thrice and uh, by default, avenge sevenfold as well. That's some. That's some I have, degrees of I have separation. A quick,
2: uh, forgive, forget. Just to pivot from avenge sevenfold. Take to it, Josh. Yeah. please, th- please. But like, just take it, Josh English of the the lyrics. Right, like, did you just have those written down, or did you write on the spot? Like, uh, do you remember how, how the lyrics came together? The, the only thing I songs? remember
4: specifically from that session was i'm sure the one that brian and i did on the couch i probably had from some you know notebook stuff and working as we as we went i remember for maybe half bad or the other one sitting in brian's car with the burn cdr yeah writing the lyrics from little phrases that i had in one of my notebooks and then filling in the blanks with the yeah. cadence of the song and everything because we were yeah like, you know like they said we were doing everything so it was just happening super fast
0: so yeah um, it was. Cool. but be- you yeah. sang that weekend that's the crazy thing it's like we got together we jammed we wrote the songs we recorded it you wrote the lyrics we mixed it and we went home and then was it like I think it was, I was like right just right uh, finishing
4: the lyrics in the car so i could go back in and sing them yeah
0: that's, i think that's i had so- the
4: melodies I think I had the melodies pretty much because the songs are so melodic and they're so open ended. And it was just easy. Like the feel of the three guys working together was great. And it's just sort of a, it's just more like it's, there's no wrong answers. It's like, how do you get downtown? Well, this way or this way, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I got a second question.
2: Judge- Brian, like, what did you, because there's a lot of like finger picking shit, but it sounds really meaty. I, that's my, one of my takeaways of just like, I haven't played with a lot of dudes that are, have that sound. And it's really cool. Is that, I'm trying to remember, was it like Les Paul Marshall vibe or what was your... It you was Les like Paul
0: Marshall, but I was really, I like, I kind of had the, like, I was very, very interested in the stuff that Josh had been hipping me to. Like, a lot of this, like, more picked out guitar work that, like, Pond and Skiploader and those just Northwest bands were doing, I kind of was trying to... Do a little bit of like the style I was doing with Milltown and introduce a little bit of that stuff that I was like enchanted with at the time. Gotcha, gotcha. Um but Josh, you remember we I had that eight-track cassette in the apartment, and that's where we originally recorded that first demo. I do in the bedroom, in that little yeah. <laughs> space between the between the dresser and the bed.
4: Yeah. Perfect vocal booth. It's yeah. funny too. Skiploader was a Portland band. That were uh, I live with three of those guys the drummer the singer and the bass player Craig and so that's another like degree of <laughs> and they got signed to Geffen I think not long before you guys you know a couple years maybe I mean because yeah. they, they came to Boston one time on one tour before they broke up in Boston and I think they you guys cold water flat.
0: Yeah, you guys should check out Skip Loader. That was a very cool band. Mm. And then interesting in Pond too. Uh, it's funny because I was just listening to this Vagrant podcast about Vagrant, and I didn't realize the owner of Vagrant was the manager for Pond. Oh, oh
5: that's interesting.
0: interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. But uh, Pond a Pond was a sub pop band. Pond. They were a, they were a sub pop band, and then they got you know the major label thing. They got swooped up by it wasn't dreamworks it was like the it was work group work, it was work group
4: and they came out the same time as fiona apple and they focused right. on fiona apple and
0: pond yeah pond. but uh, the production on that Pawn record is awesome i mean i think that was adam casper who went on to do foo fighters did you
2: guys know josh did you know john goodman at all or brian do you know john goodmanson he's i know that, no. Northwest west john, engineer john goodman yeah he's great I think it's Goodman's son, maybe Goodman? No, I think he's oh John Goodman, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was the Seattle engineer guy. on the second Civ record, but he was a good dude. He uh was a Seattle? Northwest guy.
4: Yeah. I think he was a Seattle guy. I think I remember that name.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah very cool. Cool. Well, I mean, yeah. So
5: so it looks like Pond have three OPs. Uh you can't their last one,
0: the last one on the work group. This is the thing that sucks about it. It's like like kind of Great. what some did to six going on. seven. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs>
0: you can't get this. You can't listen to it. it. It's not online. That record that was so good. Oh, it's
2: Chung King status now it's time it's yeah
0: yeah I, I just don't think you're gonna buy the pond record for five thousand dollars Six one seven
2: needs to happen it's that's a uh, 2022 goals uh, i'm gonna put a uh i so had i had
4: one label that was interested in doing a self-made mess heartbreaks got backbeat like double gatefold which i right. really like that okay. idea yeah that's my. i'm going down that path
5: mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> yeah i love i in, love that hopes.
5: it does look like you can buy uh you can buy the C D for that last pond for like two dollars. Oh, Greg, you would really like like that. It's, That's why I said I'll have to check it. I, I always heard the name just from you know the sub pop connection and all. All right, Greg, this isn't the pond podcast. Okay, the pond cast.
3: be. a pond cast. Brian Brian sent me some photos, and one of those photos was from a
0: live show. So well those were not those were not forgive, forget. Oh, those weren't shows. okay. Those, okay. Those were just just some. I mean, I I think she always had a camera around because I was digging through that and found some photos from that weekend. And I think Sam was there. It must have been like Sam was up to see Milltown and six going on seven or something.
2: I think my girlfriend, too, might have lived in Boston at the time. Right.
0: Yes. And maybe that's the weekend we decided to try this. Not the weekend we did
2: it. Right. Yeah. Probably at, too, at, the, I was, at the factory. I was going there a lot. A lot of um, Peter Pan bus rides to Boston. I think mm-hmm. we yeah. went to see Laser Metallica one night on a date. That was kind of a fun Boston moment. <laughs> yeah. That was you know? pretty
5: cool. Amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Laser Metallica? It was. It was pretty cool. Like on a so date. Quick.
3: Yeah. But how did it compare to the Snake Pit, Brian? The Snake oh Pit God. show. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best the show Pit. I've ever seen in my life
0: yeah uh Jason and I had the snake pit tickets for Metallica at the Ravens Stadium in Baltimore and it was fucking sick. yeah it was what sick. is the snake pit? it's they like had flash like
5: flash a snake pit they
0: they had like basically like a two hundred cap or maybe hundred cap like area right up against the stage for Metallica ah. before the barriers and all that stuff and I love that ties them with, um, Avenged Sevenfold. They were, got me the passes. I don't know how you got yours, Jason. That, I got, I got, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I got blessed. Um, I went up there with some friends and, um, and, uh, Mike Schleibaum's wife, uh, knew the tour manager. Oh and my so I hooked up with Mehe and she said, yeah, someone who couldn't make it that we had the snake pit pass for. So you can grab it if you want to. Damn, nice. that was, that was I saw
2: Metallica at the Garden when they were doing like the fake disaster stuff, where like the guy up in the the lighting guy caught on fire and fell down, and then they stopped the show and the paramedics came out, and it was this whole fucking drama. And then about like two minutes later, they kind of come out some other spot that are playing acoustic, and it was a big, you know. Hope. <laughs> but I was fully taken by it. I thought it was a disaster. I was like, oh my god, this guy just got lit on fire. This is insane. Like, I Not can't the, the Guns
5: N' Roses. Roses tour, by the way. You're listening to uh, the Where It Went podcast, where we exclusively talk about Metallica. <laughs> I'm going back. Avenged no, Sevenfold, no Metallica. Oh, no so,
0: Well, it does Avenged. tie in with Avenged Sevenfold, so you know, I guess it all, Oh, yeah. that's right, because yeah. Avenged
3: Sevenfold opened up that show, and I can't remember. I can't remember Can we, we sneak there? Victory
1: Records in here somehow too? Ah, uh, done. We mm-hmm. talked about Taking yeah. Back Sunday. Some yeah. records yeah. didn't yeah. sign.
5: Taking back Sunday, so they went to victory. Yeah, right. Cell told that story and said he tried to get um Steve to sign Equal Vision too. And right. Steve was like, "I don't sign bands from Long Island." <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a wild
2: time, man. It was hard to to see the you needed your crystal ball, man. I mean, kudos yeah. to whoever whoever did it. What's yes. your
3: favorite some records? what's your favorite Some records release that you put
2: uh Cisco seven the first record I can't remember the name of it but it's awesome self made mess. the shit is mess.
3: sick yeah I looked it up and I saw the cover and I was like yeah that's yeah the cover's sick.
2: great the whole thing's great I mean six point seven seven was like the cornerstone I think of some records like they were just playing a lot all of our like just we would always rally and go to the shows and I just felt you know it was uh, right at the time when the label was just kind of getting some momentum and I think you know yeah
5: it was we were excited about them
0: yeah but so they were Josh. great
5: yeah. So, so we need that. to get, we, they need to get the music back out there then. So people can, can actually listen so to it. People can hear.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny because I, I like, I really look back at my career and think like, I kind of learned how to be a record producer for real, like working with six, 4, seven. I think that was like, those were the first records where I was like living with the, you know, just, it was consuming my thoughts like every day, trying to make it and looks listening back those records have no business being as good as they are. You know what I mean? Like we're like, I'm like 19 recording that shit. And it's like, was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Credit, credit Josh for that. (laughs) (laughs) I think like we had a symbiotic thing going
4: on, man. You know, I mean, we were all, we were all invested. It's a point in your life where you can be all in, but you know, music for me. And I, I I, I don't want to speak for Brian or Sammy, but I'm sure it's the same. Like, you know whatever relevance it takes on to anyone else later on, like down the line. Whenever I'm involved in something, it I'm I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in. It's it's mm-hmm. really hard for me to balance. Which I think this is sort of like the crazy music person thing. It's really hard for me to be like, let me just dabble in this. Mm-hmm. If I dabble, it might take you know five years or something. But if I'm like, if we're going ahead with something, we're working on something. It's all consuming, and so it's it's like a purge. It's like you creative creatively getting it out so you can get to the next thing mm-hmm. and uh yeah for sure I, I don't know i don't know where that was going but there you go
2: so this one time <laughs> well. i saw metallica it was fucking no i agree josh i think um you got to it, it's definitely helps when you can give it when you give it your all and usually it's hard i mean this is unique forget forget in the sense that it was just it's not like we didn't give it our all because we were all giving music our all all the fucking time, 24 yeah. seven, you know, like, so for, like for us to connect and for this to kind of come about so quickly and easily, it wasn't that it was just, we were half asking it or that it was easy. It's just, I think because of the level of, we were just living music man all the time. And, um, well, taking, it's, taking funny, it it's,
0: it's funny because I often think some of the best stuff isn't laborsome. It just happens. You know what I mean? Like I remember I went and saw Damien Rice, play at the paradise in california when i was making the thrice record and he went and he was about to play it's do you guys know damien rice i know the name anyway he has a song eskimo song that's like his biggest song and then he's like okay i'm gonna play eskimo song and everybody goes totally insane and he was like fuck you this song took me three minutes to write right (laughs) and all the songs that i spend years obsessing about and working on nobody cares about the one that just happened is the one that everybody is connecting crazy about yeah so i mean that's you know the magic of chemistry and the moment you know and and kind of respecting and trusting one another and i think this release is a really good example of it and i'm definitely excited that it will exist in the world (laughs)
2: And just real quick, the Billy Joel guy that was living in your, in your studio, in your house, when we were there, Mm -hmm. was he, um, I feel like we were kind of afraid of him or like we had to like be quiet a little bit. Was he a little bit of a chaotic dude? Yeah. Um, so
0: it was a wild scene up there. Like we were renting the studio that happened to be attached to his house and, it, it, it was like not the noise thing but like to use the bathroom you had to like right josh go into his house is that it, right yeah yeah I, I don't remember i do remember and you didn't oh, want to do that in the middle of the night right I think there was some or with, with, or with
2: captain jack <laughs> <laughs> well they, yeah the funny thing is
0: i remember when we were recording the six going on seven record, there weren't like living facilities there but we just kind of like went rogue and we just like I would sleep in there was a small room where the tape machine went and I just had a sleeping bag. We'd record all day and I'd like go into that little booth. Josh would be on the couch. The other guys would be like sleeping in the live room. I mean, it was not the lap of luxury, I guess I would say, but it was fun and we're just fucking doing it.
5: Yeah, man. So, well, it's awesome that this is stuff's going to see, I mean, it's already on streaming, but I mean, seeing the light of day via GGT records um yeah. physically. So yeah. like I said, once this is out, we'll make sure to pop some links up so people can order copy. This this little piece of this little oh, moment yeah. in time, this piece of history, but the songs are awesome. Uh yeah. it holds up. And you know, I think people It looks like, cool it. too. Josh did a great job. He
2: did the layout and we have a logo that's awesome yeah we got all the shit you need man we got three songs a logo and a fucking ep the future is ours <laughs> three songs, a logo, a
5: that's right <laughs> world tour yeah um, so i appreciate the, the uh oh yeah go what's, ahead what's, what's, real to, to end what's what's on tap for each of you guys then musically that you, can, that you can talk about nothing Sam, you don't have that no no more constant what about constant elevation world beat we're,
2: we're constantly elevating um <laughs> those i mean, we're all sorts of shits if you in the future i think um but nothing i guess concrete i think we're announcing a show tomorrow that i can, you know i'll wait for you i'll just surprise you guys tomorrow so there's a Fair uh, okay but uh but um, yeah i don't nothing it's just this you know hopefully more youth today judge shelter it's been fun i'd love to do some rival school shit you know i'm always bugging walter yo, about that yeah i'd love and, to see
3: some rival school shit
2: yeah we've got a lot of music that we've written throughout the years and um and we're bros and we, you know, I think that would make a lot of sense. And, you know, oh, I wrote a bunch her. of songs over the pandemic that I'm just sort kind of sitting on. I, I don't know what that's about, but um, I just I'm trying to just keep keep at it. Keep pushing forward.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm weird. Be Wells like doing, uh, I'm actually sitting outside be well band practice right now, watching them load in, nice. which is great because <laughs> I'm not loading in, <laughs> 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 but, um, we have a new record coming out and about a million shows, which kind of gives me anxiety, but I'm excited. I can't wait to, going to, uh, to rock and a new record that I'll hopefully be talking to you guys about sometime soon. Okay. Soon?
5: In like 2027. <laughs> I got a, uh, I'm trying to
4: think.
0: When's that new B-Well record, Brian? Next year or this year? Yeah, I mean, it's way done. It's just that with the vinyl delays, it's right. just yeah. like, it just sucks because like six it's months like,
5: to a year now or something like I that. I mean,
0: yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's what, seven months, Sam? The, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a real crazy thing because it's like, it's recorded, the art's done, everything it's mastered, it's done. And um it sucks to like have that and not be able to share it, but it's you know, the time Is it a full length? In. No, it's a six-song, it's a six-song EP. Um actually ties in with this project, is the sixth song on the record. I had sent Sam the demos of five of them, and he was like, Oh man, it'd be really cool if you had like one more song that was like really fast and short and I went ahead and was like oh that'd be fucking cool and wrote that and then the song has this kind of like nostalgic vibe to the verse and I was thinking what's the most nostalgic song I can think of and I thought of six going on seven song Portsmouth and the opening line is let's take the long way back turn right here so I stole that line because I was thinking of forget, forget and Sammy suggesting it and the opening line that song is let's take the long way back
2: that's perfect how does that tie into avenge sevenfold though uh it ties into metallica okay
4: everything does i got um my i'm going to record an ep in early next year which seems like forever now but you know how fast things go little solo ep thing I, i just did my i've got four solo records so this is an ep could be an album but i think it's just going to be an ep and i'm doing a project called uh attempt survivors with some members of uh different bands we just finished two songs and in uh real recently they're being mastered for like a seven inch and uh
5: yeah cool so people have a lot to to look forward to from from all three of you um in the coming months year what have you yeah man yeah love it Awesome. Thanks for joining us guys. Yeah. thank you.
0: Super fun. And, um, thank, and I I just, so you guys know, I really love this podcast and (laughs) I, I, I'm not joking when I was going to make the hot water record and the way back, I pretty much only listened to this podcast and it was like, so, so cool. So cool to hear like the kind of backstory on all these records that kind of like shape my life and I mean there's stuff where I'm like
5: god I gotta text Jason to ask him why I didn't ask
0: him <laughs> yeah. well if hey,
5: you think friend, of anything for ones that haven't come up yet hit us uh, up let us know uh, can Can we just talk for
0: a second about the fact that my brother went to the rigged recording session and never told me that
5: that's <laughs> awesome saying. you found yes. that out from the podcast <laughs> I found that out from the podcast <laughs> that is I sick I named my
0: cat Popeye
2: <laughs> and he my never brother doesn't said tell like me. Hmm.
0: No. Wow. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, that, Thanks, that's that's incredible. Yeah, and thank you guys for having us on. And I'm we're psyched that for people to hear this. And it's yeah, it's 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 it, it's been really nice for me too to have a reason to have reconnected with Josh and Sam, which yeah, is just awesome. so cool, man. It's like every time I get an email and it's like Josh English, I'm like, God, yeah, yes, it's so cool. It's awesome. Yeah,
5: so, love it. Well
0: yeah, thank
2: guys. Right. Nice. nice. All right dudes. Right,
1: good you. seeing you guys. All all right. Right. What's up everybody? This is Javier from the Where It Went podcast. Just wanted to give a special bit of bow to our top tier patrons, Billy Tunnell, Bram Hubble, Brandon Gavell, Brian Skiffington, Brooklyn, Cesar Falcon, Chad Keplinger, David Palmer, Dirk Focus, G Jason Head, Greg Jackson, Jeremy Holohan, John Cowell, Quiet Keith, Maddie Cox, nat- Native Head to Wall Fame, Rob Moran, Tim Shear, Siren Records, and Dollar Slice Bootlegs. If you would like to become one of our patrons, please visit www.whereiwinepodcast.com. You can learn information on how to do that and a bunch of other cool shit. We'll see you next episode. Biddy boom.